This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. The opportunity for health systems to really ready themselves in order to be able to create the operational efficiency that they need to absorb rapid growth through their doors. It's not just about getting our customers and our patients to our doors. It's about getting them to and through our doors. To be able to do that, we have to create that operational efficiency in order to welcome them through our doors and then be able to really communicate with our customers and our physicians through very personalized, on-their-terms way. As we emerge from the trials of the pandemic, our health system members are challenged by many different factors. There's new market entrants that are disrupting the traditional system of care. There's workforce limitations that are worse and are compounding the access issues that we had even before the pandemic. Costs are higher both because of inflation as well as those workforce challenges and other supply chain issues. And margins as a result are tighter or negative across the healthcare industry. And still in this context, health systems need to find ways to drive growth. The new reality and how to leverage the pace of change to create sustainable growth has been a focus here at SG2 and was the focus of a presentation that some of our healthcare leaders provided at a recent HFMA meeting. I would like to welcome to today's podcast, Charlotte Brown Zaleva, an associate principal with SG2's intelligence team, and Jim Jacobson, a national vice president and leader for our sales and service team at SG2. There's a lot that's been happening in the marketplace that's really changed the dynamics of strategic planning, financial success. Charlotte, what are you seeing and hearing from our clients on this front? It really lends to a lot of the innovative disruption that's happening in our health system markets. The fact is that the innovative disruptors really closed in while our health systems worked to really right the ship and emerge from COVID. They figured out how to meet our health customers on their playing field and made it really easy for patients to get into their door for services. Think big box retail for low acuity or big tech transitioning to a health store. Payers as providers and then other venture-backed physician groups, they continue to really capture market share right from traditional care settings by appealing to those shifts in customer expectations. Future-focused systems will really have to integrate a customer-focused approach paired with intentional learnings around consumer unique mindsets and their markets to accelerate that personal and service attraction. It's also a little bit about how do you now integrate some of these disruptors in your market into your system of care? Jamie, we've talked for many years about the system of care in terms of not having to own every aspect of it, find the right partners in the market. A lot of these disruptors, whether it's CVS and Walgreens or it's Optum or these PE or venture capital-backed firms that are offering something that is appealing to the consumer our health system clients are going to have to learn how to incorporate these new players in the market or expanded players in the market into their system of care so that patients have a seamless experience as they're traversing their care journey. 
I would add to that too. Jim drew that out very nicely that it's really important to keep in mind that customer expectations and preference are really that key driver into those shifts to those lower cost sites of care in the ambulatory footprint for specific specialties. But it offers our health systems and other organizations a really attractive strategy to motivate patients through their doors. That's great. These disruptors, they've come in really, really quickly. And even through the pandemic, we had a lot of organizations who were changing the way that they approach strategic planning. But now we're hearing many of those organizations are dusting off the strategic plans from two years ago and revisiting them. What are you guys hearing about the timeline of strategic planning, given the need to continue to reactivate patients in a different way? Jamie, the short answer here is that health systems need to grow in the short term. Leadership really should have a clearer lens on creating that intentional operational change in order to get those near-term gains. They really can thrive by taking a progressive approach toward advancing not only their physician strategy, but also their ambulatory care delivery strategy and figuring out savvy ways to better meet consumers' needs and really alleviate their pain points and creating those new and novel front or side door access offerings in our markets. Organizations who really reshape their influence on today's health customer and progress their strategies toward that activation mode and increase efficiency can not only amplify their care journey navigation and the customer experience, but also position their service availability to better control top line revenue, manage their margins, and then really resituate and reposition themselves well for those near-term market share gains and securing their customers over a lifetime. Yeah, I think the other thing, I guess I'm the system of care guy today. We've always worked with our clients in a mid or longer term view, trying to understand where healthcare is moving, both from a site of care standpoint, as well as what providers you're going to need, what parts of your market are going to grow, and helping people plan out what their system of care would look like in the future and should look like in the future so that they can make the right investments. And when you're going to build a hospital, that takes years of planning and development to be able to get done. But in the need to be able to turn around margins today means you've got to take what you have currently and optimize those assets. You've got to optimize the physical locations. You need to optimize what your physician network is doing in terms of keeping patients within your system and not letting them leak out of your system and so forth. Our longer term view of planning, we have to do that in parallel. It's not that we're suggesting that you do one and not the other. It's that you have to do them at the same time. There's sort of different levers that you're pushing and pulling in the near term compared to what you're thinking about longer term in terms of where you should be headed. I think that's absolutely right, Jim. And health system leaders should really be focused on creating that intentional change and optimization and thinking about that through three questions. We know consumer expectations are changing. What are the strategic benefits of shifting to a customer-centric model? How do you maximize your existing footprint to expand access capacity and throughput? And then the growth levers, which direct-to-consumer and physician growth levers can best help you reach your target customers? Those are some great insights. And I wonder, going back to all the disruption that's coming in the marketplace, and as you build out that system of care, how do some of these non-traditional partnerships come into play? How do you need to think differently about maybe partnering with some of these disruptors as we've started to hear some of our SG2 leadership talk about with our clients? How do you make those partnership decisions in a different way that feeds both that short and long-term? Anytime you're viewing 
these new disruptors that are in your market, patients are turning to often because it's easier to get in, it's faster to get in, it's convenient. You have a choice whether you want to compete or you want to partner. We have some great literature on this, by the way. We had a Game Changers publication that I highly recommend from 2021 that talks about how health systems can use their existing asset in order to counter or present their own alternative to some of these Game Changers or disruptors in the marketplace. Yet, sometimes it's not necessarily the most efficient way for a health system to be able to use their resources in terms of trying to compete. If you can incorporate them into the conversation, you can bring them in and talk about how, if you can keep it patient-centric, everybody should be able to rally around the patient. If it really is the most efficient way for lower acuity care to go to CVS, great. How do you make it seamless for the patient when something does become more of an issue where they do need to seek care at a hospital or another location? How is that easy? How does information go back to that partner at CVS? We know that CVS, as an example, is trying to do more, not just sort of point of service care, but trying to also look at disease management in a different way. How do you send information back to CVS and truly become a two-way partner and not just the 900-pound gorilla that sits in town and waits for patients to show up at your hospital? That's right. To Jim's point, what savvy market entrants have done is meeting their customers at a point of need for some of those lower acuity care needs. We're seeing this transition from a state of meeting the customer at their point of care to meeting the customer at their point of need. And that's going to be critical to sustainability for our health systems and organizations as they think about really playing catch up with more aggressive adoption of consumer directed strategies. Jamie, this comes back to something we've been talking about for years at SG2 too, which is strategic deselection. Our health system clients, we're not there to create a longer to-do list for them. We're there to help them prioritize what they need to do. And often that means that you have to deselect certain things. And frankly, if somebody is doing something better in your market, that's okay. You can deselect that, stop putting resources there and figure out the right way to create that patient-centric bridge to work with them and ultimately redirect your time and talent somewhere else to help you be able to create a better offering for your patients at another point in that care journey. Deselection isn't just about choosing where you're going to do joint replacements, which hospitals you're going to do as you put these things together. It's also about what your front door is going to look like and how you're going to meet patients across your community. Health systems really have that unique opportunity, Jamie, that we've been talking about for a while to prioritize their strategies and focus for their footprint. You can't do it all or adopt every tool that's out there. So really identifying those most effective strategies for your health systems customers and ensuring they're easy to understand, easy to access, easy to navigate across your population segments. Yeah. Yeah. Making those transition easy for patients is going to be one of those critical pieces, especially if we're choosing to let some of these disruptors be that true front door, but you're the second door, right? And letting them transition to you. What I'm hearing from both of you is a lot of things that are going to relate to the financial stability of the organization. And we've started to hear and see in the marketplace this coming together of the CFO and the CSO, the strategy leadership and the financial leadership of an organization. Charlotte, talk to us about what we are seeing and recommending in terms of how CFOs need to lean in more. 
naturally CFOs and CSOs are forging that cross-team collaboration at the table right now to think about really enhancing revenue streams for greater capture in their markets. The role of the CFO is really moving more toward one that's involved as a key stakeholder who should be invested, not just around how the implications of the pandemic should lead to cutting costs around the health enterprise, but toward a shifted mindset of how costs should be better distributed across assets with that enhanced strategic mindset on how to grow volume and revenue in the short term that leads to mid and long-term sustainability. It's really about a change in growth mindset that turns the financial strains on the health system on its head and allows the chief financial officer to partner even more so with the chief strategy officer. Here at SG2, we're being very intentional about this and as part of the Vizient family as well. So just a couple of weeks ago, Vizient held a joint CFO and CSO network meeting to talk about how these two individuals at an organization are working together more often. We at SG2 have been out in the marketplace talking to more people on the financial side of the equation than we have in the past. We've always certainly talked to a number of members of the C-suite, particularly the chief strategy officer. We were recently presenting here at HFMA in Denver back in July, where we were getting our message out about increasing top-line growth as to help your financial equation. Bill Woodson and I recently were presenting to a group of managed care contracting leaders across the country. Those people are incredibly interested in understanding site-of-care shifts, growth patterns, disruption in the market as they're trying to earn this. Vizient's been very active at CFO networks across the country as well through other organizations, as well as bringing our people together. We know that this is certainly going to take to recover from this pandemic and what we have seen through the data that's being shared with us through our partner Kaufman Hall. And we're seeing negative margins at such a high number of health systems across the country in 2022. You're not going to be able to just do long-term planning to get out of this and let the CSO do that. And the CFO needs to help in the short term. And frankly, business development is incredibly important through all of this as well. It's business development leadership, it's chief financial officers, it's those chief strategy officers who are all coming together to try to build a short and longer-term growth strategy for our health systems. I would add to that, Jim, your ambulatory leadership and your service line leadership are right there with those key team members in order to be able to really maximize and optimize your existing footprint. It's great talking about the CSO and the CFO coming together on the strategic planning, but what else do we need to do to really actually achieve that growth that we're trying to get to? The opportunity for health systems to really ready themselves in order to be able to create the operational efficiency that they need to absorb rapid growth through their doors. It's not just about getting our customers and our patients to our doors. It's about getting them to and through our doors. To be able to do that, we have to create that operational efficiency in order to welcome them through our doors and then be able to really communicate with our customers and our physicians through very personalized on their terms way to then maximize that rapid growth through our doors. I love the phrase that Charlotte just used, which is to and through our doors. We need to be able to, as we've talked to a number of health systems across the country, hey, we have a system, we can help you get more patients in your front door. Are you ready? The number one thing that they're saying back to us 
is that's great, but we can't actually onboard them right now. This is an operational issue now that we're not actually able to take on growth, but often it's staffing these days. In other cases, it's other operational inefficiencies that are occurring that aren't allowing them to grow that they need to clean up. There's lots of convergence happening here. There's finance, strategy, there's operations, business development. As Charlotte said, we've also got folks from the service line leadership and ambulatory leadership that are also being brought together. It's a lot of collaboration that's going to have to get us through this. At the center of all of that is our customer and their experience with us. If we can solve and create those operational efficiencies and then talk to our consumers and our existing customers and our physicians in a way that really they naturally lean into us, then we've elevated the experience in the meantime. Charlotte, I think that's a really great insight that you just shared, and it's a great way to end our time today. Thank you, Charlotte, and thank you, Jim, for sharing your interesting perspectives on today's trends with our listeners today. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes, and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Vizient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts. Mm-hmm.